I remember one boy, mentors challenged him to just go to a party and not drink. And so he did. He went to a house party, didn't drink, came back the next week. And he said, oh, did it? I didn't drink. And uh, our mentors were like, how'd you go? He's like, oh, fuck, they were dickheads. I just <laughs> I had to leave after half an hour. Like talking about masculinity and the state of masculinity oh, today. I know. So oh, we're we, gonna, yeah, we're so, so going to talk we'll about masculinity. Yeah. But males are three times more likely to be successful in suicide. Wow. Whereas females are three times more likely to try suicide. Right. That's why it's so critical to create that safe environment where yeah. they can overcome the adversity. So what we often say is, you know, let's help them uh, use their current struggles to become their future strengths. Hello and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today we talk to Mel Abu Ghazali. Mel was actually awarded the Young Australian of the Year in 2016. In 2017, she was Ernst & Young's Social Entrepreneur of the Year and Australian Financial Review Top 100 Women of Influence. She's the founder and CEO of the Top Blokes Foundation, which is Australia's leading boys' social education organisation that combats young men's antisocial and risk-taking behaviours by helping build empathy, but most importantly, critical thinking and understanding masculinity, mental health and peer pressure. And in this episode, we dive deep into the key factors that lead to mental health issues in young men, the frameworks and the processes that anyone can use to help young males with mental health issues, and tackling the porn conversations and the effects of watching porn, misunderstanding stereotypes and masculinity, and how to start with every single one of us. We all have a role to play when it comes to building a safer community for young males. Now, this is not all about men. This is applicable to anyone, but there is a real big problem when it comes to the young male youth of today and we're going to tackle it head on so for those of you who have kids that are growing up in this environment you're going to want to check this out listen up This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business, but we do it from an immersive but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com Ladies and gentlemen, it's my absolute pleasure today to welcome to Unstoppable. We have Mel Abu Ghazali. Did I get that right? A little bit. Come on, Ghazali. Abu Ghazala. Abu Ghazala. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Probably shouldn't. It's not start. the worst pronunciation I've had, though, so I'll accept it. Well, I, I saw it and I was like, wow, that's like up there, Ghazali. Like, I was like, it was very, you know, almost a, a great Australian mix, you know, yeah. in its own way. <laughs> so great to have you here. Thank you. Really fantastic. I'm uh, quite excited about what we're about to talk about because we're really going to be getting into some uh, men's health, young men's health. But for those people who perhaps don't know who you are, because you're actually quite, uh, you're quite a famous young lady, Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, social, National Social Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, Young Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, Young Australian of the Year, AFR's Top 100 Women of Influence. You've done some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I've been fortunate. You've yeah, been really? Be... Uh, yeah, I've been so lucky. You know, just stumbled <laughs> no, into it. No, no, so much hard work, but fortunate <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so for people who don't know your journey, what's the, the 30 second nutshell of who you are? I am a uh, female who is just incredibly passionate about young men's mental health and well-being. Um, and I guess from the early stages, as young as 15, 16, I remember just really wanting not to necessarily chase happiness in my life, but chase significance and to create yeah, right. something more significant okay. than myself. Okay. Um, and I uh, started that leadership journey and that change agent journey um, yep. from a younger age and just tried to surround myself with resources and people who understood that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what, it, you got to admit, it's not common for a young woman to be interested in men's health, I men, especially that mental all health. all the time. Well, yeah, you're a young female. How, how, yes. Look, don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing what you're doing and yeah. the, the light in your eyes is clear that there's a fire that is driving, you know, a real purpose here. 
Uh, and what I'm hearing is to leave a legacy, like you want to leave something of significance behind. But I'm curious, do you have any kind of conscious recollection of like a moment, a situation, an event where you just decided, like, I really want to be involved in this? Because it seems like, as I said, it does seem unusual, but it's, it's great that you're doing it. Yeah. But I'm curious, how did you go from, where were you, where did you, where did you grow up? Um, in Wollongong. In Wollongong. So yes. you've grown up regional, in the Gong. Regional, yeah, yeah. Grown up in the Gong. Uh, so you went to public school, private school? Public school. Public school. Need Dapto if anyone knows Dapto. All right, Dapto. Hello. Big shout out to Dapto. the Daptos. That <laughs> sounds a bit special, doesn't it? And um, did you, was there a defining moment or was there a series of moments? How did you get to that Definitely point? Definitely series of moments. So my parents migrated to Australia from Jordan right. uh, in the 70s and my dad wanted to be a doctor but was never given the opportunity by his father because he um, grew up in, I guess, a developing country where his role was to go and work as quickly as he could. Right. My mum was married um, at age 18 and only knew my dad for three months. Wow. So I saw that battler journey that they went through and when they came to Australia all they wanted to do was send their future children uh, to university Um, so they didn't have the privileges that we were born into Mm -hmm. Um, even though I did grow up in a regional area and I did see disadvantage around me Mm -hmm. and I think what I learned was um, you need to work hard and get yourself to a lifestyle or a life that you want uh, and it's not going to just be given to you. Mm. So I think that um, definitely helped to build the work ethic that um, I've, I've had over the um, last 10 years. Um, and I think when it comes to um, why supporting young males, I just saw, I think, time and time again, um, a lot of young males who, uh, w- whether it was within school or within um, my social circles, who uh, really struggled and didn't feel like they could speak out. Yeah, and, right. um, you know, there were talks of mental health and there were talks of suicide. And um, I think just we needed to find a way to build some sort of strategies or um, interventions that work for young males. Yeah. And I was um, a young person that went to school and, you know, you have speakers and you have keynotes that come to school and you don't necessarily remember years later what the, that piece of advice was or um or the purpose of that presentation so for me i became curious what can we create or how do we get young men themselves to design um an intervention or some sort of initiative where young men themselves want the support want to um change and challenge the culture that that they're within and so i guess for me i've just seen my role uh, as a facilitator of that creating some platform for where young men themselves um can try and really drive their cultural change right and giving them a safe place to do that safe place to do that yeah so let's talk about the problem um because i think that's where the real significance really is like what what is the problem when it comes to young men's mental health well, I think the problem is, well, when we look at the statistics, we know that... Um, Let's talk about that, because I think... There you know, are so many statistics I know, we can right, talk I'm about. Ho- yes. I'm hoping you've got, like, in your pocket, like, the, the Rolodex of everything from, you know, uh, self-harm, yep. addiction, all the way through to suicide, because I think this is the kind of stuff we need to be talking about. You know, we need to be talking about the social impact, because I think oftentimes we shy away from the things that are uncomfortable to talk about, which is kind of how we get to this situation in the first place. So what are the statistics when it comes to young, young men's mental health? Yeah, so we know... Um, and, and this is something that's come out quite recently. We know that six males will suicide um, every day. Um, and I think 82... And that's just in Australia. And that's just within Australia. Um, and we and know that's... that's young males? Oh, well, that's all males. All males, um, six males a day? Yeah, six males a day. We know that suicide is the leading cause of that... death for young males. Wow. Over what what age accidents. bracket does that kind 16, of... 16 to 24, 14 to 24. 14 to 24, the leading cause of death is suicide. For young males. For young males. We know when it comes to um, juvenile justice, four out of five young people in juvenile justice a male. Wow. So there's a lot going on around their anger, their um, aggression, their antisocial behaviours. Yeah. Um, and for us, we often see young males where um, that's just the underlying issue is their mental health and yeah. it just comes out, you know. Um, what about addiction? Any statistics around? Well, um, Callum, do you know any statistics around? Well, ladies the... and gentlemen, welcome to, say, oh, well. <laughs> welcome to the show. We have Callum here as well. <laughs> He's our stats guy. So. <laughs> hey, g'day guys. I'm Callum. Um, so I don't have any uh, stats on addiction right. per se, but what we do know is that uh, the younger you are, obviously you're going to uh, have more risk-taking and peer pressure situations yeah, on right. hand. And so you do find that uh, the more likely somebody is to uh, you know, be, have access to drugs or alcohol at a younger age, the more likely 
that activity is going to ramp up when they get older. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into it and we could spend so long on this, is talking about masculinity and the state of masculinity today. Oh, we're going to get there. I know. Oh, so we're, we, gonna, yeah, we're so, so going to talk we'll about masculinity. Yeah. But I think a lot that has a lot to do as well with young males not necessarily feeling comfortable to be themselves, their yeah. authentic selves, and that can lead and drive their behaviours around the antisocial. So the problem's pretty significant. And it's not that we're leaving women out of this conversation, but it's just we've got to focus on men because there's, a, in contrast, the six males a day do we know in contrast what the female suicide rate is in yeah well um what they say is um males are three times more likely to suicide right sorry to be successful in suicide wow whereas females are three times more likely to try suicide right so what we're seeing is that males are um, using more extreme methods right. and are completing their suicides right. uh, compared to females so i think when it comes to suicide and, and mental health uh definitely it's across the board yep. uh, it doesn't discriminate there um but we are seeing males who are o- overrepresented in suicide so where's the point of intervention that you specialize in so we are preventative and early intervention so okay. we work with young males from as young as 10 years old okay. uh where you know by that point, they might have heard the term mental health. They might have some conditions themselves um, up until 24 years old where they would have had uh, life experience, okay. um, where, whether it's to do with mental health crime um, or you know social anxiety. Because what I'm finding really quite shocking, because um, we do a lot in the area of, well, I talk a lot about parenting because I love to be a dad, right? And you know, I understand the importance of the role that a parent has, especially when it comes to the mental health of a child. Um, but one of the things that I, I see on a regular basis um, is we have had a number of our clients, because we do a lot in the, in the area of parenting education, because I'm passionate about parenting, we get a lot of our clients that come in and talk to us about parenting issues, mm. and, and these are entrepreneurs. And I'm actually quite shocked in the last couple of years h- how much I am hearing from parents about kids under the age of 10, as young as seven and eight and nine, talking about suicide with an understanding of what it is that they're, you know, they're in some cases, contemplating considering or aspiring to do it's a kind of scary scary. it's very scary to know that that young people yeah young people as young as that would understand what suicide is and and even thinking about it as well yeah Mm. it's it's a bit it's a big leap to think and think shit when i was eight all i thought about was you know what time i could get out of school to play (laughs) you know so it makes me think like what's going on and we'll talk about that but your you see your point of intervention is that between the 10 to 24 year space Mm Um, and and how does how do you how do how do kids normally come to you? How do they, how yeah, do you find? Yeah, so them? what we specialise in is designing and implementing social education programs for right. young males. So uh, with our ten to thirteen year olds, we design and deliver a three month mentoring program in primary schools uh, and in year seven as well, uh, and a high school program, and that goes for six months. Right. Um, and then an eight week program for young males sixteen to twenty four. And essentially, we incorporate a peer mentoring framework. So we have people like Callum and other young males who will work with them on a week. Basis. This is kind of like a big brother thing. Kind of like a, a big bit, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to think yeah. about it. Okay. And, yeah. and it's in a group environment as well. And Beautiful. so it's not one on one. The reason why we have it in a group is we help the young men to go on a journey together. And yeah. we always ask. Uh, so we deliver programs. You're creating in a little schools. community. Yeah. 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 A little movement. Top, and it's social. Movement. And that's yeah. obviously one of the things that's really important as well as for these kids is not to be isolating one on one, is to be being put in a social yeah. environment. Absolutely. We want to help them build um, some critical skills. So critical thinking, yeah. number one, independent thinking, um, but also empathy. And you can only do that when you surround them with diverse other young males that they can yeah. learn from. Um, so that's what, when we work with schools, we have schools all the time coming to us saying, please help our boys who are just going off track or we are seeing these younger boys start to engage in some really scary risk-taking behaviours, just come and do something with them. Yeah. Often these males might not have fathers at home or positive male role models within their lives. Um, so we, we go in and it's quite structured. We talked to them about um, different topics. We talk about masculinity and introduce that concept to them, um, and which they all do understand. They just might not have heard the word masculinity before. Uh, We talk about mental health, risk-taking peer pressure. So we've got a bit of a a um, no-bullshit approach to it. And what we find is when you are genuine with young men, when you're authentic, when you give them the real information, that's when they start to respect you and they engage in that conversation. Do you know, the more more I work with kids, the more I realise them, if you just talk to them like they're a proper human being, they're gonna, yes. they, they respond so much better. It's when you treat a child like a child that oftentimes they behave like a child. So that's, um, that's quite interesting. So what are some of the key factors that lead to some of the, the, the mental health issues that some of these young men are dealing with? Have you been able to identify that there's a series of 
you know, exposures, experiences, risk factors that kind of increase the probability. Absolutely. And Callum, who works with so many young males, will probably jump in here as well. Yeah. Um, so f- I think first and foremost is needing to have a healthy home life. Right. Um, and we work often in very disadvantaged communities where that just isn't the case. Um, and it's very sad. Sometimes we hear uh, boys are waiting for their dads to come out of jail. And, and when their dad gets out of jail, you know, they're going to go join him in a job or they're going to go get an apprenticeship or something like that. So right. they often long for that that their father figure within yeah. their lives. What else do you experience, Callum? Well, one of the most predictive factors is biology. So, uh, you know, if you have a family member who went through a mental health problem, right. you're more at risk or more likely to uh, get it yourself. Yeah, right. And so when we go in and we work with these guys, what you find is, you know, you know, some of them have anger issues or they have difficulty uh, talking or expressing their emotions. And so if you don't, uh, you know, give them that language, give them that ability to communicate, what you find is people become a little more stunted in their ability to process them. And that over time itself might build up to a mental health problem. So right. what you find, it's progressive over time. Okay. Do you think there's also a, a biological element in the sense of um, how these kids are adapting to high stress environments where perhaps there's maybe not necessarily a, a lineage of, of a mental health issue, but they're being brought up in an environment that is uh, that does is dangerous, it is high risk, and the, the kids aren't learning how to regulate properly. And as a result, they develop other issues outside of mental health issues that in some cases become big as big issues themselves yeah yeah definitely like um i'm sure you and i can speak to uh you know maybe we had exams or assignments and that kind of pressure that kind of stress you know now guys are being brought up with a phone in their hand yeah. you know they're adapting that technology really quickly and so it's that immediate feedback loop where they find that you know either they get a reward or they get that extra stress in their life right you know if someone didn't like their photo or you know share their you know post or whatever you know that adds into their just the daily regiment of is this stressful is this making me feel something that I don't want to feel? Yeah, right. And so are there any other key factors that you've seen? Um, so we talked, about, we talked about biology. We talked about home life. Yep. Mm. Uh, oftentimes, you know, the biggest factor in, it, in and of itself is your ability to communicate and your you know, willingness to be open and share it. Right. So when I we, guess I yeah. want to cut straight to the chase here. Like, is there much of a factor when it comes to sexual <laughs> abuse? Because I didn't realize how large the statistics are in the area of sexual abuse with males mm. and i know we're, we're touching on some heavy shit mm. now uh, and i you know for those people who are listening to this you know obviously we we don't mean to trigger anything if anything what we're trying to do is have a very open honest conversation that is bringing some of this stuff to the surface so that people can be more educated and aware so if you are listening to this and this is something that is quite triggering for you then maybe this isn't the episode to listen to mm. but in that said maybe there's some opportunity in that pain as well is that something you're seeing coming out in your work as well or is that not as prevalent uh we might not necessarily know about it okay. um, but we do often come across young males who have a trauma background right. uh, and that trauma background could could involve sexual abuse yep. uh, or neglect or, or physical, physical abuse, abuse in some as cases, well by their yeah. family so um, yeah and I think for us that's why it's so critical to create that safe environment where yeah. they can overcome the adversity so what we often say is you know let's help them uh, use their current struggles to become their future strengths yeah nice it's mm. a lot of reframing so that's actually where I guess I'm, I'm interested in now you you have a point of intervention where you, you start working with these kids do you have a methodology that's almost like a one-size-fits-all or, or or how do you work with the young male that presents in one of these workshops that you go wow okay high risk you know all the factors are there if we don't do something with this young fella he's going to end up potentially as another statistic in some way or another yeah and often meth- o- i was going to say often these young males um, are used to uh, adults coming and going from their lives they're used right. to um, being let down um, and often they would tell us that they know when adults have given up on them wow. and so they internalize a lot of that so for us uh, and this is the work that callum does with the boys is to help break down those barriers mm. and to say i am going to be here week after week uh, for the duration of the program and I am here to help you succeed. I want to uh, bring out the inner top bloke within you yeah, because right. you are destined for greatness. Because that's what it's called, the top bloke program, top, isn't it? Top bloke's foundation. Top bloke's foundation. Absolutely. And, and, and young men, and that's what young males want to be. They don't, they don't necessarily want to be a leader or aspire to that, but they want to be a top bloke. They want to be a good bloke. They, they want, want to be they, known as a good bloke. He's a good bloke. He's a top bloke, yeah. exactly. And they want um, their friends to know them as a top bloke yeah. as well. So Fair call. Have you seen some pretty... How long have you been involved in this, Callum? Uh, just over three years. Okay. And how many kids have you mentored in that time? Countless. Countless kids. And have yeah. you seen some pretty spectacular transformations? I've seen some amazing transformations. I've seen guys who, uh, you know, don't have any ability, any sort of language to talk about their emotions, to share what they know, share what they feel, who end up leaving the program, not only talking about their emotions, not only talking about their mental health in, uh, you know, daily terms, saying, I felt a bit down, a bit 
sad today, right? Yeah, right? But going out to their mates. So what we find is the guys who do the program oftentimes become the mentors for their friends in their is friend group. Right? Yeah. So you've got guys who end up being top blokes and then they go out and they make more top blokes. And this is just a natural consequence or is this how you're framing it? It's a natural consequence. Mm. Yeah. That's leadership. Mm. Leadership is a process where you create a na- another leader. Mm. So you really are in many respects actually teaching these young young blokes leadership skills in, a, in, a, in, in essence as well. Mm. Is there any particular transformations that you can speak to of, you know, obviously in, a, in, an, in an autonomous way where you go, there was this one kid and it was like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. And then the transformation was. So um, we do a lot of group work, so it's okay. hard to pick out the one individual, but I can uh, give you a couple of examples if you like. So yeah, cool. I do remember one group in particular, you know, a lot of them uh, came to us with a lot of mental health il- illnesses, uh, you know, some ADHD, some uh, traumatic backgrounds, maybe even suicidal. And so that was sort of peeled away time after time, bit after bit. And so you work with them and they themselves become that supportive network. So when we jumped in, we started talking about mental health. We started using the correct language and saying, it's okay to talk about your feelings. So how do you introduce mental health to young blokes? Like what's the, what, what would you do? How would you introduce it? So that's that's a great question. So um, we start off by talking about physical health. Right. And we ask them, what do you do to keep yourself physically well? Clearly you exercise, you probably drink water, you know, you eat healthy food. You know what it is that makes yourself physically well. Right. So why is it so hard to talk about mental so you talk to your friends right and then you start start unpacking that right you eat well you feel well you are well right so we talk about how physical health is so interlinked with right. mental and that's the great jumping off point yeah right mm. and they they're, then they're open to these conversations well because and i think within australia especially we've talked about physical health mm. for for decades now and so they know what is healthy eating and what's not healthy eating and then when you uh, then turn it to a discussion about mental health and what is it that you can do to be mentally healthy it just seems to make a lot more sense to them yeah, right. and i think young uh, people today especially have uh, increased mental health literacy compared to decades ago and I so know, right? they they know what depression is they know anxiety bipolar that they, they know people who have gone through um, these experiences so it's a great starting and point and they also know what porn is and mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely all the other terms that <laughs> come along with that, that one, hashtag yeah. naughty stuff yeah yeah exactly so they know more than maybe what previous generations have known so it's a great starting point and we just help to build uh, on, on top of their knowledge and also help to break down the stigma yeah, as right. well so uh, we don't see as much stigma with young people today as what we might in, in other generations, which yeah, is right. really, really exciting. You know, it's not uncommon for the young guys to say, you know, I've gone to Headspace. I know exactly how to get a counselling session. I know who the school counsellor is. Um, so they feel comfortable to talk about that. And so we often see that the idea of mental health is normalised. Yeah. It is within some of these groups. Yeah, right. Mm. So getting back to my question before, I think I cut you off a little bit. Do you have a framework that you take people through that we could even might perhaps roll through that might be supportive to someone who perhaps doesn't have access to any programs, but they know they're either a teacher, a friend, a parent, and they go, I can see my kid's got some stuff going on. Yeah. Okay, what are some simple tips, uh, hints, or a process that I could take them through to maybe you know help them come out the other side a little bit better off? Yeah, so what we do is we actually go through 16 or 18 topics with young males. And for us, our, uh, I guess, framework is it's a holistic approach. You can't just talk to young males just about mental health and right. hope that everything else in his life works out. You can't just talk about respectful and healthy relationships yeah, right. uh, and hope his mental health is going to improve. And you can't just talk about anger or just talk about porn. It has to be a holistic approach. So the first half of our program, or first third of our program, we talk about uh, healthy decision making and helping them to understand the choices they make about themselves. So that is going to relate to alcohol, uh, to drugs, to peer pressure, to risk taking. We then uh, transition, once they've got those sort of skill sets, understanding that there are consequences to the choice, their choices, we then move into healthy relationships. So we talk about uh, sexual consent, which is quite, quite big. We talk about uh, sexuality and gender. We talk about um, the relationship with their parents and even in a school t- context, humanising teachers, uh, because often they don't remember that teachers also face their own struggles as well Mm. so we then in that phase of the program build their empathy uh, and their ability to connect with others building their assertive communication skills helping them to improve their conflict resolution skills as well Um, and then later in the program we go into some of those um, I guess deeper uh, topics that you can't necessarily talk about at the beginning because they don't have the maturity and that is talking about discrimination talking about racism talking about um, what life will look like for them after the program as well so and because it's over a six month period each week obviously you're seeing them grow and what we love about the program is you might give them a couple of tips around how to say no 
um, to alcohol at a party or how to um, navigate that tricky social situation that they're in. And they'll go out and they'll try and they'll come back next week and and, and tell us a story of how they've actually said no to alcohol. And I remember one boy, and this was quite a few years back, our, our mentors challenged him to just go to a party and not drink, right? Which is hard to do, I think, for a 16 year old. And so he did, he went to a house party, didn't drink, came back the next week and he said, oh, did it, I didn't drink. And uh, our mentors were like, how'd you go? He's like, oh, they were dickheads I just I had to leave after half an hour like is that what I'm like when I'm drunk we're like well that's it that's what yeah, we want you to experience wow. is life a little bit that's differently that's so beautiful yeah how why isn't this in every fucking school in the country oh we need someone <laughs> to develop money on trees yeah yeah right. why, why hasn't that been developed so for us how do you get this out there well f- we're fortunate we have schools come to us so we yeah. don't necessarily need a really active marketing strategy because okay. the need is just so great are you able to support Supply the need that you have right now, or do you, is your no, demand stripping? It's it's always so much more okay. than what we what, what we can afford because we're a so charity. So you need to scale. Yes, and, and we have tripled in size over the last eighteen months as yep. well. So we well, it sounds like you need to thirty x. Yes, well, look, if you want to help us do that, <laughs> the wow. need is definitely there. Yeah, yeah, and um, we get calls all the time from people all across the country, from parents and grandmothers and schools, saying we just don't know what to do with these boys, and these aren't bad boys; they're good yeah. boys. They just need support, and they just need some some mentoring. Um, so that's the struggle that I deal with, I guess, as the CEO. I'm going to introduce you to a, a good friend of mine as well, who I think would be as just as interested and passionate. About this design because okay. this is the beginning of something by the way this is the genesis of something yep. um but um nick cummins the honey badger yes he Ooh. is a massive advocate for young men uh mental health and he's even got his Isn't own um rogue gentleman's club that is is the next evolution of his brand and his yep. business where he's actually taking you know younger blokes but in the older demographic to yours um, and he's taking them out to, you know, go fishing in the Kimberleys to, you know, do these adventures yeah. and to do these big hikes and just bringing them and helping them talk about this kind of stuff. He would be an incredible advocate for what you guys do. Oh, absolutely. And we're always happy to talk to anybody yeah. who wants to support the work I'll be, that we're I'll doing. I'll be Cupid in this one. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so what other, other, what are the other tr- tricky, okay, is there more? Because this, that, 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 that methodology sounds really sound. And I listen to that and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Imagine every young male and even young female in their own sense going through something some kind of training like that that would be incredibly powerful yeah and a lot of the topics start to relate to each other so um, when we talk about um, anger management you can't talk about that unless you're talking about mental health you can't talk about healthy relationships unless you're talking about anger you can't talk about healthy relationships anger and mental health unless you're talking about pornography so they all interrelate and uh, for we see the young males then start to connect the dots. Right. Um, and it doesn't happen the first few weeks. You know, it happens in week nine, week 10 of the program where they start to connect the dots and understand how it actually all relates together. So porn, I would imagine, is a, is a biggie or it's becoming a biggie. Um, it's huge. How do you guys tackle the porn conversation? Yeah, so what we know and what research tells us is that boys as young as 13 uh, will uh, use and, and consume pornography on a regular basis. That's what research says. Wow. We have heard boys as young as 11. We've had a parents say that they're convinced their six-year-old boy is showing uh, signs of addiction to pornography and we're like what, what? what does that even mean so it's so it's it's not nothing Holy it's not this idea anymore shit. of the 17 year old who's yeah. uh, you know hiding in his bedroom no it's happening incredibly young and uh, what uh, research is and it's only recently um, it's showing is the physical and mental health impacts of pornography on a young male so let's talk about that because mm. you know a lot of some people might go wow it's just boys being boys but what are the actual impacts of pornography you know when it comes over, over a long term yeah because yeah, so pornography has changed significantly oh, since it's I was changed. a boy. Exactly. Wow, it was very vanilla when I was a kid. Now it's like... It's, yeah, it's, and mm. I think in the 60s, you were only like 40%... Um, <laughs> wow, well, I'm not that old. F- yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. No, in the really, 1960s... Really, really, wow. <laughs> no, no, but in the 1960s, I think you only had a 40% chance of ever coming across a pornof- uh, pornographic image. Yeah, right. Whereas now, 9 out of 10 boys will consume pornography. And as you know, it's it used to just be pictures and, and 2D. Now it's uh, video. And, and what boys do is, especially with live not live streaming, but streaming of uh, videos is that they can sift through, you know, 20, 30, 40 videos in one session. They fast forward to the heightened um, elements of the video that, that they particularly enjoy. And what they're doing is training their bodies to respond to a heightened level of stimuli. Um, so when they're um, 13, 14 doing it, and they do it for years, when they've had their first sexual experience at, let's say, 16, 17 years old, um, they can't respond 
to, um, the, I guess, their partner how they would um, back in the day because their body just isn't physically capable of doing mm. that. So um, there's a lot more research now talking about what they call porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which is young males who are experiencing performance anxiety because um, they've trained their body to uh, a you know completely different set of materials. Um, yeah so and and so cal if you want to sort of share i guess what the boys reactions are to it that's a good reaction and and let me just start off by saying teachers and and parents will say one of the reasons why they want the program is because we do talk about it and right. they don't know how to talk about mm. it with young mice and it's not easy to do either okay um and for boys as well i mean i think at the beginning they have their giggles of oh we're gonna talk about mm. porn yeah. but then very quickly they realize there's some serious consequences to them yeah right yeah mm. so when we jump into the program we, we we obviously say obviously you're underage you shouldn't be watching porn you need to put that stipulation right. in there so you but, put it you actually set a rule yeah Okay, okay. I would imagine that. So that's well, the reason why is they need to recognise the material hasn't been designed for them. Right. The material has been designed with adults in mind, but these are underage young people who are viewing it. So okay. um, it's, it's, um, it's unsafe for them to, to view it. I, I don't know, like, but there's a part of me that when you tell a child to do, they can't do something, that just makes them want to do it more. I just would have thought the frame, better frame would have been, look, we can't stop you if you want to. But these are the reasons you shouldn't. Well, that's exactly. But okay. we, we yeah, did just start yeah. off just to remind them. Yeah, yeah. So when you it, tell me not, to, yeah, yeah. Not talking about porn, but if you tell me not to do something, I'm just that way inclined. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so maybe I should probably reframe what I meant. So you know, we say that's what the law says. But okay. Obviously, you're young. You're going to do something dumb. Yeah. Right. So when we go in there and we start, that's a bold assumption. <laughs> Carry on, Callum. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you're more proponent. You, 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 yeah, you're more likely to do something, uh, you know, risk taking and you yep. know, something done with your mates eventually at some point, right? So when we get in there and we start talking about porn, obviously they're like, "Yeah, we're going to get talk about porn. This is great," you know. And they're thinking, "All well, the boys are talking about porn today." So when we get in there and we start talking about, you know, what effects it has on you, and we start saying, you know, guys who you know might you know have erectile dysfunction start, you know, watching porn at this point in time, you know, start viewing this sort of extreme material, and they start looking around at their mates thinking oh this is me this is what i do right none of them actually say it because you get silence in the room right and then you start saying you know you're going to be with it you, you're going to be with a girl or a guy or somebody right and you're not going to be able to get it up you're not going to be able to perform your expectations are going to be so unrealistic that you have no idea of how to actually engage intimately with somebody right and that's that clear that moment of clarity where they finally understand what it is Right? and what effect this has had on them. Yeah, right. Mm. And so how do you then, um, what, what's normally the biggest, the, the most common comeback, comeback you get from a, a young man when you're having these conversations? Because I'm going to assume there's some level of resistance to wanting to change. You, I'd say you get, you get the giggles, yep. right? You get guys who say, oh, you know. You know. So, so what we do at the end of the porn workshop is we set them a challenge and we say, you know, if you guys don't think you have a problem, that's great, right? Don't work but for let's, days. let's see how you go for a week, right? Yeah, right? Until the next session, right? And then we see how they do, right? Some of them do it, some of them don't, right? But it's that moment of realization whether or not they actually have the capacity to withhold themselves. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Wow. And um, I guess another big topic that seems to be quite popular at the moment is toxic masculinity, or even just masculinity in general, because yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'd hate to be a young man growing up today, although I'd kind of love it at the same time, um, because there is so much misunderstanding or misrepresentation around what it is to be a man or what masculinity is. Is this a subject that you guys cover with the, the young we boys? We run a whole workshop on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do you talk about it? Yeah, and I think first <laughs> and foremost, it's it's so, particularly with this, it's the use of language. Yep. The use of language is so incredibly important. So the um, approach that we take is we don't debate the toxic non versus non-toxic. I don't know. I think we have a, oh, I just think it's not inclusive language to talk yep. about toxic masculinity. But what we do help young males is to understand where masculinity has um, come from. Um, we talk about traditional uh, masculinity, stereotypes associated, and that's kind of like where that toxic masculinity conversation comes into it. Um, but we help them to expand their own understanding and definition of masculinity and help them to define what is true for them. And again, helping them to come back to the developing their authentic selves. So you're not saying this is what masculinity is? We talk about this is what it has been in the past. Okay. This is... Uh, well, let's talk about that. What has masculinity been in the past? Well, I think it's been um, supported 
supported by um, different institutions, so whether it's um, you know corporate politics, um, where there is a narrowly defined uh, scope of behaviours that you need to perform uh, in order to be socially accepted. And what are some of those? So it might be not to show weakness. It yeah. might be to be physically strong. Um, you, you know, to be emotionally strong. Not to be, talk about emotion. Not mm, talk to be feelings. the provider. To be um, uh, successful career-wise, money-wise. Um, to always want to have sex. Um, to always be in pursuit of, of sexual partners. So there's a study that came out last year called the Manbox Study, and it showed that young males, they surveyed young males across Australia, young males who hold those beliefs, who believe that, yes, they should be the breadwinner, yes, they should be the dominant one um, within the relationship, will uh, actually um, experience worse health outcomes than those young males who don't prescribe to those expectations. Yeah, so right. they're more likely to have feelings of suicide, more likely to perpetrate online bullying, uh, face-to-face bullying, uh, more likely to not intervene if they see a situation go on, more likely to have road rage as well. And so what they did was survey uh, young males who don't identify in this man box and um, they were healthier across the across the board. So there is, um, I guess, research that suggests that it is very important to help boys, uh, I guess, break out of that man box. So that's a great um, look at what masculinity was and how it got us to where we got to. Mm. <clears throat> what does masculinity need to start looking more like in order for there to be a, a healthier representation of manhood? Oh, for me, it's just young males or males in general just feeling comfortable and confident to be themselves and not to put a gender lens on behaviour. And that's, I guess, what we try and break mm. down is that anyone who identifies as anything can be independent anyone who identifies as anything can be rich can be successful um it it doesn't need to just be um correlated i guess to a particular gender so you're actually disrupting the the gender frame i guess at the end of the day well, yeah, I guess so. If if it's about breaking down and helping young males to just be themselves, yeah, so you know, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like for them. Well, we've yeah. had males in the past say that their dream is to be Beyonce's backup dancer. Yeah. amazing, yeah. absolutely, you go for that. Love that. Typically, they yeah. might not feel comfortable to say that in front of their friends, yeah. right? So, um, Callum, but again, such important conversations to be having with young men these days when we are in, living in an age where, you know, you know, trans the word transgender is becoming popularized by TV and social media, and kids are starting and have these conversations mm. at school. Mm. And I would imagine that you know a, a lot of or a significant amount of um, discrimination, but I would imagine it's the older masculinity that often creates high levels of trauma for people who are having those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, young people who are transitioning um, are always... How do you talk about... Do you talk about that with kids? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we have to help to reduce the um, homophobia that yeah. exists and the transphobia that exists. And we know that young people who um, are transitioning will experience higher um, thoughts of suicide or, yeah. or higher suicide rates. And a lot of the abuse can occur within schools. Mm. So I think eighty percent of abuse that LGBTI young people face is within a yep. school ground. So that is not a safe environment for them. Yeah. And these young males we work with um, can be upstanders and can help to reduce the bullying and the harassment. That goes on so they are incredibly powerful um so we help for them to just understand what other people's experiences are yeah um so that they can build that empathy and understanding and ultimately acceptance i love what you're doing like i absolutely love what you're doing because to be honest i knew who you were but i didn't know to the degree what you did and now that i'm hearing what you do it's just incredible and you've been doing this for 10 years now yeah i think the organization started yeah 12 years ago when i was 19 <laughs> i've lost count of how old i am <laughs> that's telling well in the 1960s yeah. <laughs> so um, and so you've built this into a um, is this a not for profit is this a business so yeah so not for profit yep. um, we are focusing on generating our own revenue though with with the um, program so we do accept donations and uh, we do need grants to operate um, and we also ask schools to pay a small fee towards the program so that yep. they've got a bit of skin in the game and yeah, what we're finding is um, we're working with um, whole cohorts of young males within a school environment and we're seeing school-wide impact um, we're seeing schools and the executive teams take um, young males health more seriously they're changing some school policies to support the young males a little bit more they're putting a teacher to be the head of boys welfare which is unheard of um, you know previously and um, we're also engaging parents because that's the other element and just going quickly back on masculinity 
boys will often say that they get their values from their parents mm. um, or that it's just reinforced within the household. And what we've um, been piloting and we're hoping to be able to roll it out is just a very simple intervention where um, a boy will select a supporter, a young or that that. Uh, young male will select someone within their life who they trust Mm -hmm. and at the end of each workshop we'll send that supporter an sms simple sms saying today you know um your son or or that young male talked about risk taking uh talk about a time you took a risk and it didn't work out and what the consequences were Mm. and just by a simple intervention of an sms we have seen fathers um have more conversations with their sons, quality conversations wow. as well. And sometimes the boys will say, oh, no, I don't think he's talking to me about it. But the father would actually say, you know, um, I sit with him and we're just watching TV. Something will come up, for example, um, you know, some recent allegations with um, uh, sports stars. And he'll have a conversation around sexual consent. And so for the son, he didn't even know that was prompted from our SMS. Wow. Um, and that's the whole point of it. Because you ask a teenage boy, do you want to talk to your dad or your mum about this? Of course they're not going to want to. They're going to feel awkward. But it's about breaking down those barriers so that that boy can have an that's open so conversation. And, because, and what we recognise is we're in that boy's life for a certain period of time. Mm. We can't obviously hold his hand going forward. But his family is always going to be there for him. Um but he might not necessarily feel that support. Mm. So how do we help that parent to come onto the top blokes journey so they can continue the mentorship relationship once we've finished our six months? So is there, apart from the SMSs engaging a parent or a significant other, how do you enroll the the family unit or the people, you know, the the mothers, the fathers, the brothers and sisters? Is there a a particular method that you do? Um, Well, particularly with this one, we um, ask the boys to, uh, to nominate. Right. Um, okay. But, so they nominate someone, right? Yeah, they nominate because um, you know they might not have a mother who is good to them or a father yeah. who's good to them. So we don't necessarily want to dictate who that is. Gotcha. But um, you know, every young male and every young person needs someone that they can trust within yeah. their life. Um, because when they do go to those underage parties or festivals and they're getting themselves in trouble, they need to feel confident to be able to call, call someone somebody. and not try and handle that situation on their own. Yeah. Mm. And that's why one of the things I'm learning with my son right now, or not learning with my son right now, but I've kind of had this philosophy from the beginning is he never gets in trouble for telling the truth. Like he, like I always celebrate his honesty. Yeah. Because I think a lot of kids, men, women, just people in general, are afraid to tell the truth. Oh, and they know how to lie from a young age. Like yeah, we train parents yeah. train their kids how to lie through what they purport as discipline. Yeah. You know, my child lies, so I punish them, and then all you're teaching the child is, well, every time you tell the truth, this is what's going to get happen. Yeah. This is what so they ha- just get better at, uh, at lying and not getting caught. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, and but, but what's interesting about this is I have some of the best conversations. My son's only five, but we have some of the most incredible incredible conversations around honesty and what honesty is mm. just through the co- just through having permission to have these conversations how do you um work with a young male when it comes to thwarting some of their high risk taking behavior without breaking perhaps a young spirit that because when you look at any great innovation in this world it's come about as as a result of someone taking a risk yep um, and you know, I, I'm and I was diagnosed ADHD, dyslexia, very young. You know, I've got a history of addiction. I know my pattern is high risk, and that's one of the reasons I've done what I've been able to do is because it's in my nature to just Your take partners, fucking yeah. massive risks. Yep. Um, I'm learning as I age to 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 do that in a healthier way, in a more holistic way, and very different to my 21 drug adult, 21 year old drug adult days. But how do you work with a, a child to manage their ability to make better decisions around risk, but at the same time not crush the spirit that could be here to do something great. Yeah, and I mean, obviously I can see that in yourself. You've done very well. Um, what we do is we talk about risk uh, in framing it as calculated risk. So yeah. when we talk to them, we give them scenarios and we might ask them, you know, would you jump off the bridge with your mates, right? Obviously you shouldn't be doing that, right? But we don't say that. We say, well, how can you turn that into a calculated risk? Right. So to make somebody more considerate, uh, you know, more thoughtful in everyday scenarios, we ask them, what can you do to make sure what you're doing is safer for yourself and safer for everybody else? Right. It might be something simple like, you know, going down, checking how deep the water is before you jump down. You know, so just getting them to think more rationally. Teaching them how to think. Yeah. Making them think more rationally, more clearly about the situation, you know. I love that. So you're actually teaching the kids how to think, teaching them how to make better decisions Mm. through critical thinking. Yes. That's spectacular. So, how? What's your footprint? You've been going for ten years now. How many mentors have you have, have you got going around? Uh, so we're a team of twenty. Wow, we're just under twenty, I think. So, um, yeah, and 
we wish we could have more on board because we just have that many schools and and. and so how many parents. young men are going through your programs every year? So about twelve hundred young males. Right. Um, so we have about eleven thousand, I think, who have gone through the programs already. And um, how many young males do we have in a, in this country as of like right now, like between oh. the ages of ten and twenty four? <laughs> we Google that one. Mm. Google it. 10. I should millions, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go with. Three I'm gonna go with. There's gonna be between the ages of ten and twenty four. We're twenty three million population declining growth. I'm going to say around 3.2 to 3.8 million. I bet he's right on the money. I'll, I'll, I'll go 2.6 million. Oh, young males we're yep. talking about. This yeah. is the price, right, price is right rules where you just yeah. go slightly higher or slightly lower. <laughs> See who's closer. <laughs> All right, we'll find that out in a moment. So um, what, what, what's next for Top Blokes Foundation? Uh, for us, we just want to continue expanding, um, okay. so organically growing, which is what we've been focusing on. Um, is that what you focus now more on, is the, the, the growth of the actual business? Yeah, so that's my role, okay. absolutely, and uh, making sure that we're also um, embedding a lot of evaluation work um, and measuring our social impact, because that's the other side, I guess, of the not-for-profit is there are a lot of programs and services, and you feel like they're all doing a great job, but are you actually evaluating mm. and knowing what sort of impact you're having? So we're just about to finish a three-year study with with EY, Ernst okay. & Young, um, and measuring our programs. And so what we've learned so far with the schools that we've worked with is we're helping to reduce their uh, the boys' suspension rates, their what they call negative entries, um, helping to reduce teacher stress as well because these mm. boys are feeling more settled, um, they're engaging in class more, their connection to education is improving. So as a result, um, the schools are actually seeing some benefits there. So we're doing some cost-saving sort of uh, work there to understand Brilliant. what... Build some some business ca- business case studies. Yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. and the figures and data, and that's all what principals want to see. So, yeah. what we uh, have, what we can do, and what we do is um, provide a report at the end of the program uh, to the principals to say, as a result of these boys engaging, this is the impact that we've had back on the school. Oh, and and some principals are like, yes, I need to see the report, I want to see the data. Other principals are like, I just know little Jimmy's not in my office anymore, and I'm not having to call <laughs> his parents. I know the program's working, yeah, so right. they can all work from a different uh, <laughs> different angle. Uh, yeah. So that's that's been my focus is um, uh, organic growth. And um, and focusing on our social impact. So, how can we, as a as a community, as a country, help you grow faster? Like, what is it that you need to do? what you do at a bigger level. Oh, I know this sounds so cliched and it is my job, but if there's anyone who can connect us with, um, you know, companies or um, with other organisations or who simply want to support our work by donating yeah. uh, as well. So we have, um, you know, well, actually, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but um, the majority of those who give to us are male. Yeah, right. Um, and are you said you've got tax eligibility status yeah, or something yep, else? Yep, okay, right now. That. Making it loud. Is there a website they can go to? Of make course, topblokes.org.au slash donate. Okay, so I'm going to donate five grand. <laughs> oh, okay, are I'll you? Five Wait, grand. are you serious? For real. Oh, what? my God. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, right, that's just a start, okay? And I'm because I would like to do more with you. I think what you're doing is great, oh, and so I'm going to use you. that as a as an encouragement for everyone else who's out there. Like, oh, go top blokes. .org.au Go and make a donation. Yeah, find us on Facebook, Instagram. Seriously, like honestly, I can't think of a better way to increase the probability of a better world, you know, know, because some of us are blessed to have great parents. Some of us aren't. And it's it's important that we have those people show up around us to provide role, you know, what a role model looks like, whether it be for three months, six months or nine months or for whatever period, as long as they have that, that chance. I think what you're doing is incredible. Yeah, Absolutely and, and incredible. every young male needs a champion in their corner yeah. who's just um, supporting them along the way. And and when they're teenagers, that's usually the first time they're making um, or the risks that they're taking can actually have severe consequences. Mm. So, uh, you know, one punch hits all the road accidents. So that's the prime time for us to really work with them to yeah. help build, like the skills that you said, critical thinking, so that they're keeping themselves safe and keeping their mates safe as well. And yeah. one value that we're also working in within the program Program is this idea of upstanding. So we often talk about bystander, but upstanding, helping young males to not just witness, but to stand up and try and uh, not necessarily intervene in a physical uh, situation, um, but to be able to make a stand and mm. to get the right help and um, and I guess not to reinforce, I guess, some of the more poor behaviours that we've seen other generations do in the past. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. How many people are in your core team, like your core, like um, the business team? Oh, 2.5. 2.5? Okay. <laughs> We're very lean. Wherever, right. Whatever well, money wanna, we I get. I want to bring the three of you in. Uh, we've got a program we call Nail It and Scarlet, which is yes. basically a three-day program on how to you know, establish and grow a successful business. Wow. Uh, this is what we do. We, uh, my genius is growing businesses really quickly. 
Uh, it's a five grand program, but I want to give you three tickets to come. No. Yeah, for you. Complimentary. Your, yeah, as, oh. you're not only complimentary, you're going to come as a VIP guest. VIP guest. <laughs> so, oh, Callum, we have one today. You <laughs> um, have. Yeah, no, because what Thank I'd love you. to do is, you know, because one of the things that I've seen having worked with not-for-profits before is they literally operate under this paradigm of what a not, of a not-for-profit, which is they make no money. Yeah. And so for me, whenever I work with a charity, one of the first things I do, I show them how to be commercial. And you've actually, I can tell you've got a commercial head on you. Um, and I just love to see if there's any perhaps business skills that we could give you that would help you scale what it is that you're doing Oh, yeah, absolutely. That faster. would be amazing. And one thing that we're uh, establishing is a sustainability fund yeah. um, because we don't want to operate paycheck to paycheck, which we see yeah. so many charities do. Yes. Um, and so with our sustainability fund, we're hoping to at least get um, you know a quarter's worth of uh, operation costs in there so yeah. that we are safeguarding our future. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Have you written a book yet? Uh, I haven't written a full book, but I've been involved in a couple of books. Um, so really You need to write a fucking book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Would you buy it? Yeah, I would. And I'd, <laughs> you know, I'd buy it for my son. I'd even buy it for all my clients who have young boys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. what you're doing is just, it's, you're doing good things. It's needed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, and what for me personally is so exciting is that when I started this, what, 12 years ago, nobody understood men's health, mm. young men's health. They all would get so confused. They're like, but you're a young woman. Don't you mean you're running a program for girls? I'm like, no, no, young men. Whereas now, you know, um, we have Men's Health Week, we have so many organisations and people who just recognise um, that uh, males need support as mm. well. And um, I think it's really, really exciting time. Is there someone doing top chicks? The, the, yeah, there's a lot of female uh, programs for females there out is. there. And I was one of those young women that was classified as disadvantaged. So I got to be involved in all these female programs, female-only mentoring programs, yeah, scholarships, right. uh, to help me, me be the best version of myself. And um, I guess I guess my um, uh, privilege and, and platform that I've had is to help young males to be their version, best version of themselves. I love it. Fantastic. So top topblokes.org.au. Yes. Check it out. Um, if you've got any um, fundraising functions coming up, gala balls. Well, right now, actually, we are um, asking a number of people to support us with our It Starts With Us appeal. Okay. Um, so it does start with us. It starts it with each one of us to at least support the young men in our lives. Yep. And uh, we also give young males uh, jackets and it says on the back, it starts with us because it also starts with them as well. Yeah, so nice. we all have a role to play to help build a safer community. Uh, community for young males okay cool you need to be doing a gala ball every every year oh. i reckon a gala get get the right men in the room yeah the right women in the room i reckon you could do something quite special there oh thanks for the idea yeah well uh just add that to our to-do list <laughs> just another thing to do a fucking gala <laughs> all right well listen um mel uh callum it has been my absolute pleasure to have you guys on unstoppable today oh. uh, and like i said i have the begin. i have a feeling this is the beginning of something cool what's the best piece of advice you've ever received uh, so in a business context, I had a director who in his first meeting um, said to me, okay, if you get hit by a bus, how long will Top Bloke survive without you? What, three months? <laughs> like, no way, three three weeks. And he's like, that's a problem. You need to fix that. And I think that changed my whole perspective yeah, on wow. my role within the organisation. Yes, I can go out and, and promote and, and talk about the actual um, uh, social issues that young men face, but my role is to also make sure Top Blokes is sustainable. Nice. Great advice. Mm. Best piece of personal advice. Um, oh, this is the Typical hard one. <laughs> Best piece of pro, pro, is it a bit is it a bit wanky for me to say that it's the advice I give to myself, no. which is to just um, believe in yourself. Oh, that Not sounds so clear. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I think you know anyone who, who's obviously you know started an organisation knows how hard and grueling it is day in and day out. And mm. um, for me, it's constantly reminding myself of, you know, you, you've got this. Yeah. You're, you're completely fine. You do. Um, you just need to, you know, put that one step ahead of the other. Yeah, love it. Well, guys, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And I can't see what ha- can't wait to see what happens next. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for joining the journey now I'm as now well. I'm on the journey with you. <laughs> can, I, can I clarify? Can I – are you a certified top bloke now? Can we give you can that I, title? Can I? Can I do, do I get a fucking a badge or a shirt? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is my name is Kerwin Ray. This has been Unstoppable, and you've been listening to Callum and Mel Abigazali. Abigazala. Abigazala, fuck! I'll take it. <laughs> uh, oh, well done. Oh, well, yeah. look, thank you thank so you. much for the opportunity. My pleasure. All right, thank you. Well done. This episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for business. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get to see all of these interviews 
in the flesh. Share this podcast with your friends and drop me a review on iTunes. I would love to hear what you guys think and also let you know that your comments help make sure that we keep producing killer content just like this. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all of my movements, upcoming podcasts, events, and much more, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com, and also check us out on all social media on the handle at Kerwin Ray. Thanks for joining us.